Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to the pre-match social. We're back after a couple of weeks break. Um, sorry about that again. I know we keep. I keep saying this. We keep going on small mini breaks, but things are very hectic in the Villa Talks world, unfortunately. Um, so it's getting difficult, more and more difficult to record these pods on a regular basis. So I apologise and I apologise in advance because it's probably going to be like that for the next few months. But I'm back uh, with AJ and Carl this week. Uh, from the VBB crew, um, should be an interesting pod. I think um, I'll be I'll be really interesting to hear what the guys think about what's been going on in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but before we start, before we go into our normal normal segments, uh, let's see how the guys are doing first. AJ, Carl, guys, good. I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm on. I'm almost all the way through two weeks of holiday. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Thanks. Not bad. Nice. Wait. Sorry, I was just going to let you know that I feel like shit. But um, I've got <laughs> annual leave next week, so nice, nice, nice. Well, hopefully you're not ill for annual leave because that always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But yeah, we're we're, we're keeping car from. <laughs> Do you know if you're ill when you've got annual leave, you're supposed to cancel it and just get sick leave? Yeah. So. Yeah, I know, but no one does that. Do you know you're supposed to do it even if you're away on holiday? You're still supposed. Really? To, yeah. You're supposed, if you're yeah. sick, you're still supposed. I never to, knew that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see someone have the balls to do it. Uh, to be fair, four weeks ago I had another horrible cold and I was actually off work, so I'll be I'll be on some managing for attendance program if I if I <laughs> did that anyway. So I'll just be held for my annual leave. Yeah. yeah. Especially if anyone from work's listening. <laughs> 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 uh, I thought they did that just at school, managing for a managing attendance program. Uh, no, no, they do that work on the railway as well. On the railways as well. You're Telling the people where I work, you know. <laughs> oh no, you're letting everyone into your world. Oh, oh no, but yeah, we're keeping uh, Car from his dinner at the moment. So uh... I'm, no, no, you're not. It's about to be brought to me, so I'm going to eat it whilst I'll put myself oh, on right. mute, though, guys. No, no, you don't eat it. I did that one time. I had a bag of popcorn while I was doing the pod. And yeah, my, you did. My brother gave me abs- absolutely crap. He gave me so much shit for that. He just said, uh, it's a disgrace. So yeah. unprofessional. Agreed. AJ gave me crap as well, as well, as always. But AJ, um, you had a nice dinner today. Or was it today or lunch or what was it? Oh, yesterday, was yesterday I uh, yeah. went to Dishim for lunch. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. But you were moaning about the lack of biryani on the Well, I was. Table. My boss, who also has it, my ex-boss, actually, that's why we were catching up over lunch, uh, who also so happens to be a blue nose, which I didn't mention for context when we were discussing this earlier. Uh, we were sharing and he's given up carbs, so I, he put the kibosh on a biryani. So I was, um, it was very nice, but I just, you know, spent most of the lunch regretting the fact that I couldn't have a biryani. So I'll have to go I've back. Tried, I've tried giving up carbs before, but it's just not. It's too too enjoyable not to have them. Unfortunately, I gave up wheat for Lent once. <laughs> Did it was you? All right for forty days. It's doable. It's just about doable, you know. If Jesus can cope in the desert, then I thought I can give up wheat for forty days. And uh, yeah, it was uh, all right. well, pe- people haven't seen your Jesus look, have they, AJ? Well, some people have seen hair it, now. but um, some people have. No, I mean most, I mean, most people probably a, listen to this part of it. This is an aud- this is an audio medium anyway. Anyway, over yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, oh, anyone who follows me on Twitter, though, I've still got long that's hair. Right, that's right. That's right. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it sounds very much like you are comparing yourself to Jesus right now, and and also these talks about followers and stuff. I think we should move on. <laughs> I didn't say disciples. Any of my Twitter disciples would have uh, seen me with my long Jesus hair. Oh God, that's not. We'll get cancelled. That's not. Uh, that's not yeah. go down there. 
No, you're allowed the, to the make woke. one of the Christians, aren't they? Aren't you? So, oh, right, yeah. yeah, they're fair game. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I've been watching a lot of stand-up comedy recently, so uh, have you? I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Dave Chappelle and all these oh, specials. Oh well, he's been controversial. Oh, a lot of contro- recently. Got got a bit, controversy. Got a bit controversy. I mean, I I like trans people personally, mate. But if you want to watch Dave Chappelle, <laughs> then that's up to you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's good. It's good. It's good. You've, you've, like, you've picked your corner, oh my. <laughs> I didn't say I enjoyed it. Oh, okay, okay. fair enough. <laughs> I did enjoy it, <laughs> but yeah, let's not, not get that, into that. Not that bit. No, not that bit. No, not that bit. It's very nuanced the debate. Yes, and, it uh, is. I think it's uh, true. This is, and, and we should definitely Real. not talk about yeah, it. This is not. This is not the place for it. We'll get Graham Linehan on, shall we? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Right. Oh, I've got. Uh, talking of which, talking of controversy, obviously. I know this isn't this is a villa pod and I apologize, but let's just get out of the way. What do you make of this uh, Gary Balance and uh, Azim Rafiq stuff going on? Well, uh, I mean, this is a fucking curveball, Omar. <laughs> yeah, I'm prepared for this one, but I mean, it's racism. What's the stats? Racism, <laughs> racism in sport and all that. I think I mean Balance. He, his defense was, yeah, yeah, I said it. I called him the p word and, and all of that. But it was just like, you know, jokey amongst mates. It's like, well, he obviously didn't think it was jokey amongst <laughs> yeah. mates. He also, I don't know if you saw, he, the went, he, he even invited me to his wedding in Pakistan. I didn't go, but no, he invited me. Yeah, no. That makes it worse, Gary. Of course not. his wedding, the poor bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. So, I wasn't sure about his statement, to be honest. He was... Um, yeah. I mean, not very self-aware. It, it, it was it was close to being my villain of the week, but I, I don't think we should branch it out into the, the cricketing world. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, T20's on. I'm enjoying it anyway. At least that's on. Yeah, England are doing well at that. That's been a bit of yeah. a sporting respite, at least. Yeah. yeah, I've been enjoying Butler's performances. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's move on then. And so, uh, Aston Villa's Chris Wokes. Don't forget on. him. He's been and playing Villa's Chris Wokes, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Hopefully get him on the pod sometime. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. It'd be nice to have everyone. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's 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 carry on then. Uh, sorry about that brief <laughs> diversion. I'm sure you're used to that by now. To be we're honest, just avoiding talking about Villa, aren't we? That's what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Right. So you know, normally we do news uh, news from the stands of Villa Park, news stories a week. There's only really one news story that we need to talk about, which is obviously the stuff coming out about Dean Smith, the rumor mill. I know it's rumors, but it seems to be quite a few different sources saying very similar things now. Um, so I don't think we need to do a, a normal from the stands of Villa Park because I think let's just talk about this, get it out of the way. Rumours in The Athletic, I saw Craig Hope write something as well. Obviously rumours of Paolo Fonseca, uh, rumours that, you know, the the board uh, for now are happy with Smith, but they will review the position if we should lose against Southampton. Uh, Ming's furious being dropped, bit of discontent, it seems. Something doesn't seem right to me anyway in the background. It probably hasn't seemed right since some pre-season with everything that went on. And maybe we were a bit blind to it. And maybe we were just trying to be optimistic about everything that was going on. But with hindsight now looking at what's happened, what's your general mood about Dean Smith, uh, his position? Is it is it safe? Do you think he's likely to go? And also, what do you make of what's going on in the background and, and what's happening in the summer? And, you know, you know Bring in Johan Lang, bring in Perslow, bring in all that as well. What do you guys think? AJ, you, you first. Well, um, Dean, first and foremost, Dean Smith has done a phenomenal job for the club, hasn't he, for the past three years or so. 
Um, you know, he's taken us from what were we when he took over 14th of the championship or something um, to finishing comfortably mid-table last season and being uh, unfortunate not to finish higher with the points total that we achieved, as we've talked about before, you know, highest ever point total to finish in the bottom half. Typically, 55 points gets you 8th or ninth or, or whatever. So, um, so his record in the past speaks for itself for me. But I don't think we can ignore the fact that we've lost four games in a row and also the nature of those defeats uh, against good teams. They're all good teams, but they're all teams that if we are saying our ambition is to finish in the top half and push on from last season and challenge for Europe, then those are the teams that we're going to be in a, or we have an ambition to be in and around and that we were not that far behind last season. So to lose all four of those games and the nature of the performances in those games um, is a worry. And I think even if we'd won one of those games and the obvious one is Wolves, if we'd hug on to win that game when we were on top for most of the game, you know, we'd be on 13 points, we'd be sitting roughly where we were last season. And I, I think the whole complexion of the issue would look quite different but we're going into a game against Southampton who again are another team who might be there or thereabouts in the mid-table positions even though that they made a pretty poor start as we'll probably talk about um I think lose that game and there's going to be there's going to be questions asked and uh, you know I don't think the board are trigger happy they didn't sack him in the first Premier League season when we looked like we were nailed on to go down for most of that season, they stuck with him and it turned out to be the right decision on that on that occasion. Um so I don't I don't think they they're gonna be trigger happy and, and um and rush a decision to sack him. I think it's unlikely we'll go down this season, whatever happens. Um but yeah, I think it's right that questions are are being asked. Uh, Sam shared uh, a thread from Villa Analytics on Twitter um, earlier today with us in the in the chat, and and that kind of summed up my view that any change of manager is a risk. Uh, but there are some managers being linked to us, like Fonseca, who you think could come in and, and perhaps do something different and be- perhaps better. And then there are others that might be in the list who. I think it would be a case of better the devil you know. So I hope we don't sack him and not have someone of genuinely genuine quality lined up. Because when you look at the problems Spurs had in the summer, replacing their manager, all right, they've got Conte in now, but he turned them down in the in the summer, um, as did as did others. Um, you look at Newcastle now; we've got three hundred billion quid burning a hole in their pocket. And they can't get their preferred managerial choices. So I don't think the decision to sack him is as, is as easy as just looking at the performances. You've got to also think about actually who can we who can we get in. Um, and, and you know I know we're going to talk a bit more about the performances and the the some of the stats as well about how we've performed so far this season and and how we have or haven't changed versus last season. Uh, but I think it's it's right that questions are being asked and that you know, potentially they are exploring other options. Um, but I, I hope we don't, um, I hope we don't rush a decision to move Smith out and be left in a similar sort of 
position to, to the ones that Spurs and Newcastle have been in. Thanks, AJ. As ever, the the sage of the Villa Talks podcast. Carl, I, I don't know your thoughts, but um, I know we briefly discussed it on the, the WhatsApp thread, but post-West Ham game, I think we were all pretty upset, pretty furious around what happened and the way it happened. But then taking a step back, you know, AJ's mentioned there, it's four games, really, that you know, that have gone the other way. I, and I get the point around the nature of the defeats and the fact that these are teams that we should be competing against. But it's four games. You know, it was it was just over four, five weeks ago that we beat Man United. Um, and, and as Asia says, you know, we beat Wolves then with on 13 points. I think Wolves are on 13 points as well. And, and everything's looking slightly different. Do you think we need to take a step back a little bit here? Do you think the... Do you think the the momentum or the opposite of the momentum, sorry, of the of the losses, is, is what's driving the discontent, or do you think it's a longer term thing uh, in terms of Dino? Well, from a personal point of view, I'm of the opinion, similar to what AJ said with regarding to Smith, um, pretty much exactly what he said, but but mainly that if we don't know, we can. We've got. We can get a manager in who is highly likely to improve us. There is absolutely no point in doing it, and um, I really want Dean Smith to succeed. And it, I mean, of course, that this is because it was four games. It's four games in a row. If these four games were split throughout the season and you were punctuated by wins here or there, you're not going to. It's not going to be seen as such a, a massive um, disaster. But right now, it looks like. We, there's no momentum. Looks like there's discontent between the players. Um, I, I, what I would say, um, there's been a lot of discussion about him dropping Mings. I, I think, I think it was the right decision. No, I'm not saying it's the right decision, but I can see why it happened. And it's not. This is wasn't a scapegoating incident. This was a. He was playing poorly, as was Twanzebe. He was going to a fourth. Um, four at the back and just decided it was best to sort of leave them both out. It didn't work. It didn't work. It, it went horribly wrong. Um, but I don't think it was a scapegoating issue. I mean, if Tyron Mings is unhappy about it, one thing I'd suggest he does is improves his performances. But, um, you know, he's, he's been called up to the England squad again today. So, um, you know, he, he's still one of the best defenders in England. But what I would say is we don't have too many brilliant ones at the moment. But anyway, this isn't about Mings. It's about Smith. And, you know, I think there was there were certain things that he did horribly wrong against West Ham. And he kind of invited pressure onto himself. Um, but I don't believe, even if we lose against Southampton, unless we've got someone who is clearly going to be better than him, I don't see the point in just getting rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. Um, he's proved that he can turn this around um, before and um, you know I have some confidence that he can do it again right yeah no I, yeah okay I think that's fair I think you've made both made some fair points I, I definitely my belief in him definitely wavered after after West Ham game but I think that's natural you know you're very emotional post the game and taking a step back now I think my position is slightly different but at the same time I do think uh, he's made a lot of mistakes and I do think you know my my, my the importance the important point to me is is Aston Villa you know that that is the the main thing that is the, the most important thing to all of us as fans so 
if we can get a better manager, then that's all I care about. You know, I've no, I, I love Dean Smith as a Villa fan. Obviously, I have loyalty to him, but the most important thing is Aston Villa perform well and we continue to perform well and we continue to progress. But I think at this moment in time, I just don't, I don't see a good alternative. And I don't, I think it's quite early if we were to pull the trigger because it is four or five games where, yeah, albeit we've been terrible and, you know, the nature of defeats have been terrible, but it is four or five games where we've been missing players and things have gone against us as well in terms of sending off and penalties and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, some of it, it's our own making, of course, but but still, you know, there's been, there's been circumstances around all of it. But I suppose, AJ, there may be a wider point here as well in terms of, Again, looking at looking with hindsight, looking at the the summer dealings and the recruitment and the strategy as a whole, you know, bringing in Ings when we have Watkins, not bringing a midfielder in, bringing Buendia and Bailey in when we have Traore, both who like to play from the right hand side. Uh, we saw Bailey against West Ham. Yes, he can play from the left. And yes, he's done it both, but I don't think he looked that comfortable compared to from the right. I mean. Is is it is it? It's not pure. Of course, it's not only Smith's fault. But do you think, in terms of the wider piece, in terms of Langer, in terms of McKenzie, in terms of Perslow, do you think they have a part to play in terms of the strategy and what we've done by trying to do what we've done in terms of replacing Grealish? Do you think there's 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 blame to be had there as well? Um, I mean, yeah, of course. It, it, you know, the way football clubs are set up these days, um, you know, Smith. It's not Brian Clough where he's going out and signing players without even telling the chairman about it. You know, there's a whole team involved in 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 those decisions. But there's a couple of other. I'll come back to the signings. There's a couple of other things I just wanted to sort of add to the debate. I guess the first one is this: it's only four games. Yes, it is four games that we've lost. Um, and there have been some good performances in there as well. But if you look at the underlying uh, data, if you look at the sort of rolling trend of XG for and against, that has not been the last sort of 10 game period that that was positive for us ended on the 2nd of December, 2nd of February last year. So we're, we're getting on for an entire calendar year now of, you know, objectively fairly poor form where... On average, uh, you would expect teams to score more goals against us than than we score. So, you know that is a long a long period. If I was making a, a trying to make against a case against Smith, which I'm I'm not, but if if I was looking at those data, you know there was really a sort of ten to fifteen game run last season. You know when we were smashing Liverpool seven two and Arsenal three nil away and all of those brilliant results that we had last season. If you're looking at the, the, the data over the three years, uh, you would have to say that, that that period of 15 games was the anomaly rather than the the, the good performances. Um, uh, and, and yeah, we you know I've done a chart on that. We can tweet that out with with the episode if you want to. Um, and we looked at that a little bit last year and sort of you know looked at where the inflection point was around COVID and all those sorts of things. So I think if I was making a case against him that'd be a place to start. And, and I think I'd also say, and we've discussed this before this season, I'm not sure what we're trying to do. And that's not just the system. I think the sort of 3-5-2 versus 4-4-2 is a bit of a red herring in a way. Like in some games, we're going out and pressing all over the, the field uh, and having success doing that, beating United, or oh, we lost convincingly against Chelsea, but it was a very good 
performance and creatively our best performance of the season on paper. Uh, and then against Wolves and against West Ham, we go there and we're sort of playing a mid or low block and standing off and not really trying to press the ball and, and all of that. And that doesn't seem to be working. And so I don't, I still don't really know exactly what Smith is trying to achieve. And again, we'll come back to this in the data. He's talked about possession. Are, are we getting more possession? Are we doing, you know, I, I don't think so. So I think there's a couple of uh, things to think about on the negative side of the, the the equation as well, even though we're all sort of supportive of Smith and, and want him to stay. On the signings, I think I'd just say briefly, hindsight, I think, is a wonderful thing. I think at the end of the summer, we were all pretty pleased with the signings that we had made uh, and we felt we had done a good job in the transfer market. The one question mark which still remains was the defensive mid question. AJ, um, this is nonsense, mate. This is nonsense. On the, 20th of, nonsense. on the 20th of August, I said I was properly unhappy with the idea that we've bought Ings where we didn't need to uh, upgrade centre-forward and we didn't buy a proper central midfielder. And I said at the time that we're, it's going to be really awful if we're struggling to accommodate two really good centre-forwards and the, the central midfield area is constantly being chopped and changed and we don't get the balance right. So you might say that it's hindsight, but I think it was foresight in my in my humble opinion. All right. By the, All right, by but, the way, that's uh, by the way that's Sam who's just joined yeah, us. Yeah, he's joined us. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, fair enough. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough, mate. But I think in terms of the replacement of Grealish and the question that uh, Omar posed around, you know, Bailey, Buendia. I think Bailey and Buendia were, were sensible signings. I think, and I, I thought this at the time uh, that. Um, one of the keys was we might not have wanted to upgrade centre forward. We needed more options in that area. I agree we shouldn't be trying to shoehorn them both in necessarily. But I've said all along that there's no reason why you can't drop one of those players or rotate them or whatever. I don't think we need to be trying to force them in, although it was worth giving it a try once we'd signed them. And, and then also a couple of weeks ago, we were sort of saying, you know, Louise has stepped up and, uh, you know... Perhaps we were wrong to suggest we, we should have uh, been all out for a defensive midfield player. You know, I, I think we all think we should have signed one in the summer. We all said so at the time. But again, you know, if the right one wasn't available, did we think it was a crisis position? No, and I, I still don't necessarily think that. So, I don't, also, 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 AJ, I don't think necessarily signing Ings meant that we couldn't sign a midfielder. It was midfielder was still yeah. a priority of a target. I, I, I agree with I agree with Sam that it might not have been the right priority. Like and yeah, yeah. I think we but, all but, agree I mean, with that. I get, I, 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 get what, but, I get what Sam's saying and I think I think you know Sam made some good points in the summer as well around Ings and Watkins and Finlay in and I think that's coming to a little bit coming to fruition a little bit as well. But I think when it comes to summer window the summer window and I see this all the time in terms of you know, we signed a player and everyone's like, oh, well, we needed a left back. Why are we signing a midfielder? It doesn't work. Transfers don't work like that. They don't, you might prioritise a midfielder, but if that's, if that's your main target, then it might take longer to get them. And you're not going to stop everything else that's going on just to get that midfielder, for example, because he's your main target. You've yeah, got to wait, not play the game. There may be, there may be, you know, there might be a domino effect going on in the background that you're waiting to, waiting for it to happen. So there's a, there's a lot more happening, but, but definitely I think in terms of the, yeah, you know, there is hindsight, but there is also foresight and Sam's part. I completely, completely I, I, get that. But I definitely. still believe if a player like Ings is available, who pretty much guarantees you 15 goals a season, then you you go and get him. Now, it's then the manager's job to find the best way to 
make the yeah. most of those assets. And that's where we've fallen down, in my opinion, as a, as opposed to the fact that we signed Diggs. It's the way we've we've been unable to integrate him into the into the team. And then the, the extenuating circumstances obviously around injuries, but I, I feel like Sam is about to throttle me, so um, I'll, I'll let him have another yeah. go. It looks, it looks, it looks, he's chomping, Sam's chomping it's, in a bit. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, I think, I think, I think, just quickly, sorry, Sam, I think um, Ings has also been one of our best players this season as well. I think that's, that's pretty fair to say. It's been, in terms of, in terms of performances and consistency, I think he's definitely been up there along with Louise and probably McGinn as well. Yeah, I think, you know, you can, I agree that uh, if, if things was uh, sent forward every game, he'd get 15 goals. But he's not going to get 15 goals if he's being rotated and uh, playing half the time and, and uh, Watkins is playing the other half of the time. And I think, you know, as much as we've said on this pod, and, and I still don't think it's an awful option, uh, Watkins can play wide. You know, that's not why... That, that wasn't the plan when, when Ings was purchased, as was, as was laid out clearly by... Uh, Dean Smith. So you know, I I just think it was an it was a, a, a strange signing, um, and particularly as a sort of marquee signing. But I will say, you know, I do agree with you in in one way, and a comment that you've made uh, previously, which I think is fair. It's a weird thing to say. Well, we need cover for Watkins at centre forward. Oh, but not a player that good. He's too good. Yeah. Uh, th- that's that. I, I understand that. That's a kind of strange thought process. But I think that if you say, well, you know, our big signing of the summer was uh, Danny Ings, who is a fantastic striker, and you know, in particular against us, he always seems to look out of this world. Which is, you know, I think it's an odd one to then think, well, hang on a minute, you know, he's going to be in competition with one of our best players from last year, because you know, it seems clear that Smith was saying that they are in competition because Watkins is is centre forward. Yes, you can play to up front, but. I think most people agree that in the last few weeks, that's demonstrably kind of a poor option. So it's a tough one, and I, you know, I, I think that, uh, like, you know, I would agree that your uh, your points about you know saying that Ings was a poor signing, you can't say that. It's just that it seems that it wasn't part of a cohesive enough plan, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, yeah, yeah. I don't think two up front is a bad option. I think it hasn't worked, but until we tried it, we didn't know it, we didn't know it wouldn't work. And it, you know, it may still. We're only ten games in it. You know, they may find a way of, of playing together one way or another. Although I suspect the systems with two up front are not going to be returned to in the near future, given you know the way some of the recent results have gone. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I get that point. I, I suppose that was that was sort of the question. That I was kind of asking was that you know Sam your point about the cohesive strategy there you know was there should have been more a, a more of a joined up approach between Dean Smith Johan Lang McKenzie etc to say look this is and, and I suppose this is what I'm getting at now is we've been told about you know this the whole thing about Villa engine obviously I run the Steed round but a similar kind of thing now that we've got is you know we want all our teams to play the similar way we want them to the same philosophy. You know, you got you see Brighton. Obviously, they struggled last season. They're doing a little bit better this season, or a lot better this season. But they've always had that kind of philosophy or a style. Even Arteta, who I still think is a poor manager, but even there, he's trying to implement a style. With Villa, we haven't really, regardless of what you think about substitutions and tactical decisions. Oh, sorry, um, uh, personnel decisions in terms of starting lineups. The sort of AJ point, AJ's point that he's making. We haven't really seen a way of playing, a philosophy in this first team yet over three over three seasons and I appreciate we've had a lot of change of a lot of change of players a, a squad overhaul and all that kind of good stuff but still you know look at Bielsa look at even Neil Warnock under Cardiff look at Dean Smith uh, at Brentford 
Or even yeah, Dean exactly. Smith last year, I thought we were discovering a, a, a philosophy and a, and a pattern of play that was starting to suit it, us. But it was a bit past the Jack Grealish, though, wasn't it, Sam? It was. <laughs> My word, it was More working difficult well. to do that this year. <laughs> well, but, but it did, no, but that's, a, that's a good point, though, because we were, until, until as AJ said, until February, we were, it was very much the case of, of trying, to hit, trying to hit Watkins as early as we can and try and build from there around Jack and from the left-hand side. And try, you know, try and get forward as quickly as possible, which we sort of try to do against West Ham with House trying to get up to Bailey, but it just didn't work. That's what I mean, though. That that isn't never going. That's not always going to work. And we saw uh, other teams, opposition teams, completely negate that, uh, mm. especially against Jack. Even before he got injured, we weren't playing that well. So that's what I mean in terms of you, you need to have a bit more, more to you, a bit more dynamism in the way that you play. Is it that? Four games or five games after we beat Man U for the first time since the dinosaurs left the earth, we're, we're you know we're very close to sacking the manager that finally got us that win at Old Yeah, it's mad. I completely agree. And actually, we had a way of playing in that game. I mean, it was it was slightly more defensive than Smith wants us to play, but 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 we, we but we pressed yeah, though. Yeah. AJ, AJ's well, point. That's, AJ's yeah. point. I've I've looked I've looked at this specifically the the style between this this season and last season. But also, you know, I talked about it after the Wolves game. We were uh, something like um, before the Wolves game. We were something like fourth in terms of uh, the press. If you look at passes per defensive action, which is how many times you let the opposition pass the ball around or, or, you know, before you make some kind of intervention, be that a tackle or a press or or whatever it is. We were something like fourth in the in the league. We, we've now dropped down uh, to um, uh, much lower down. Uh, you know, we're still in the top half, I think, but it's more like ninth or tenth in the league. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, but that's obviously across those four four games or whatever. It's dropped off a cliff because that's what's brought our overall our overall average down. And it seems hard to understand where that seemed to be quite effective. And, and something similar happened last year, where if you remember, at the beginning of last year, we were talking about, oh, how everyone's pressing less, you know, no fans in the ground, people trying to conserve their energy because, you know, disrupted training and all of that sort of stuff. And Villa are the only team that are pressing more. But then it didn't continue. And if you look now at our passes per defensive action, oh, I've got it, actually, I found it, we're eighth currently, that's at 12.1. Across the whole of last season, it was 12.4. So we've got this sense that, all oh, suddenly now we're, we're pressing and it's more effective. And we were in the first few games, but now we're not. And it's exactly the same as last season. Similarly, if you look at possession, you know, we're obviously briefing all, you know, that, that we wanted more possession because every article was talking about it at the beginning of the season. Or oh, we signed Bailey because he gives it away less and Traore and El Ghazi give it away too much out wide. And, you know, Buendia and Bailey are going to help us keep the ball more and all of that sort of stuff. Our possession on average this season is 47%. Even if you look at 1920, it was 44%. And last season it was actually higher at 49 So we've done nothing to increase our possession of the football. And if you look at how we move the ball, we have got the highest direct speed in the division. So we move the ball forward 2.02 metres per second. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. United are second uh, on that on that stat. But not we've necessarily also a bad got, thing if United are second. It's close to being well, a they're bad doing, thing, isn't it? They're, they're doing better than us. They're, they're doing a fair bit better than us. But if you look at some of the other similar measures around, around style... 
Um, so number of passes per sequence. So so how many how many times do you knock the ball around before before you move it forward or, or give it away? We're um, eighth lowest on that. And in terms of the time that we have the ball in possession in each sequence, we're fifth lowest on that. Whereas if again, if you look at United for context, they're fourth and fifth on that. So they move it forward more quickly but they're actually still moving it around successfully and keeping the ball and interestingly mm. given what you said about Smith's style at Brentford if you look at teams in the division whose style is most similar to ours in terms of those those stats it's Brentford and it, and essentially what we're doing is exactly what you guys have just described and that the data says it too we're just banging the ball forward as early as possible in the channel like there's no oh. Yeah, exactly. And and the most frustrating aspect of the West Ham game for me was just watching us trying to bang it long into Watkins when Kurt Zuma's marking him and he's just got no chance of winning that. Watkins is brilliant and a brilliant all-round player and he's actually pretty good in the air for his size and stature, but he's not going to win aerial balls against Zuma all day long. Uh, and the other thing, like we talked about the dropping of Mings, um, concert and... Um, uh, and House, you could argue up to that point have been our most consistent and best defenders this season, but neither of them can pass. <laughs> so, and then when you also take Louise out of the team, then obviously there's no base to to play the ball out. And, and I don't think the players trust Nakamba. There were loads of times he was available as a short option and they wouldn't give it to him. Um, so the style of play has not evolved and it's very direct. And for all the talk about trying to play with more possession, trying to play out from the back, there's just no evidence of that of that happening, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the way we need to play. Um, but you know, if we are going to play a different way, then uh, you know, I'm not sure. Again, the, I'm not sure the signings we've made are the, are the ones that are going to help us to, you know, be a team that plays direct and you know wins the wins the second balls and and all of that sort of stuff. So style wise, we basically look exactly the same as we did last season. Uh, and obviously, there's a fairly big absence uh, in terms of what helped to make that effective for us for a large part of last season. And, and, and also, as well, I think um, a, a couple of points there as well. Obviously, Bailey is our, along with Ben Deer, is our marquee signing, and he's been missing for large parts of the season. Yeah. So that that hole, that greenish hole, which could be filled by Bailey, maybe not, maybe not entirely, but but definitely in terms of you know output. Um, has been missing for most of the season, and in terms of keeping the ball, Buendia has obviously been very, very poor, and and there's only there's only so much Dean Smith can do about that. You know, that's that's on the players' shoulders as much as anything. In terms of you know the amount of times he's lost the ball, as we've seen, the amount of times he's been dispossessed, how weak he's been on the ball as well. Uh, something he was very good at at Norwich. It's not like he. It's not like we've signed. We haven't looked at the player. We haven't researched him, and he's. This is what he's always been like. He he was very good at those types of things before it's just not working for him at Villa and I also I continue to say this but I also think even though he's been one of our best players but John McGinn's style does not suit a possession based football team no. and I think that has a massive impact in terms of how we keep the ball and how we retain the ball if you look at Wolves for example and I get you know obviously they were poor last season but obviously they were missing Jimenez which was a massive loss but you look at the way Neves and Matinho play as a two in midfield then you know they keep the ball so well uh, and they move the ball so well, and they and they play in between the lines so well, and it's something we really struggle with because apart from Louise, we don't have the players. And I suppose that that's a, that's a combination of things, isn't it? It's a combination of the not buying the right players. It's a combination of tactics. It's a combination of strategy as well. You know, we're, we we've continued to 
Uh, and as much as I love Nakamba, I think I think actually he was he was fairly decent against West Ham. Probably I thought one of my better players. I thought especially when we went down to ten, his yeah, energy yeah. actually was phenomenal. I could not see him play like yeah. that before. But 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 we've all said we need him in terms of his energy. But we need someone who's able to use the ball and continue to move the ball and progress the ball like Louise does. And that, that's something we haven't he, we haven't we haven't looked at. It's, I think every summer we we go oh we could have done with one more player or two more players. Uh, and every summer we're like. Uh, you know, Dean turns around and goes, we're happy with the squad. So I suppose a lot of it rests with not just Dina, but also the, the powers that be as well in terms of improving the squad and getting the right players. Um, I know we've, we've, we've talked a lot here now. Obviously, we were going to do a vital statistics segment, but we've sort of got into that already. <laughs> yeah, we've which, done which, most which, of which it. I, to be honest, yeah, I, I thought it would be the case. You know, we want to talk it through, obviously. We haven't had an opportunity to talk it through together apart from WhatsApp. Uh, but but let's, just, let's just go jingles, for it. Oh, don't don't worry, mate. It's less editing for me. We're going to do Hero and Villain in a minute, in a minute oh, so you can you can do that. But I mean, should we should we move on to Hero and Villain of the Week, or should we? Do you want to talk more about this stuff? Because I, I, you know, this is uh, I think this show is slightly uh, different, obviously, with what's going on. So I'm happy to do I, whatever you guys I want. I would suggest let's do Hero and the Week and uh, Hero and Villain of the Week. Maybe there'll be some discussion points come up from that. Right. So here's here's my first jingle of the uh, episode. It's uh, Hero and Villain of the Week. Carl, over to you, mate. <clears throat> well, I mean, Hero's going to be very quick. I mean, it's, I really struggled. Um, does anyone really deserve Hero of the Week? Um, but I'm giving it to Matt Cash. Cause... I think Sam I think Sam does for his excellent foresight <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, Give it it, to Sam. maybe I'll, con- I'll con- He's just left. He's just left. <laughs> he's just left. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, by the way, Sam, Sam said he's going to do- dip in and out of this episode because he's... Uh, I think he's. Uh, what is he doing? He's, oh, on, he's, on, du- he's on duty. He's on duty. He's, a, pe- he's a prison warden. Yeah, he's a prison warden. Let's say he's the prison warden. Yes. Um, so he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Um, Matty Cash. Um, he was our best player against West Ham. He has become Polish. Um, what, one thing I would say is that if I find out that he voted for Brexit, he'll be going into villain of the week. If he's voting for Brexit and then becoming Polish, I'll be furious about that um, but yeah he was our best performance format you just mentioned the camera he was our second best player I would, I would say and there wasn't much else to, to pick and um, I really struggled for hero uh, of the week I've been not, look- not many choices no really, I've been looking it? around I mean, Twitter seeing if there was any really good tweets uh, but no it's just pretty- I've, uh, I've I've totally gone off Twitter I'll be honest yeah. I don't hardly ever go on it it's just become you know like with the stuff with Paolo Fonseca for example it was like Stats pages arguing with each other and beefing. It's like uh, Jay Z and Nas, mate. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I mean, Villa Analytics. I, I enjoyed his um, his uh, thread that he put on there, but there wasn't much analytics in it. Right. Um, it's becoming an opinion. See, I did see a few comments saying "stick to analytics." Stick to football. Stick to football. That It was like he's Gary Lineker when everyone tells him stop talking about politics. Um, but Matty Cash, anyone got any arguments with that? No. no. <laughs> and what I like about Matty Cash being Polish as well is he is like he's properly Polish, isn't he? It's not like a Andy no, Towns no. and Tony Cascarino yeah. situation. He's a, yeah. you know, it's a genuine, a it's a genuine fair, fair play, fair yeah. play one. So. To be fair to Cascarino, he did think he was part Irish. Yeah, but okay. um, who, who's who's the least Irish or Scottish? Player that you've seen, I think mine's got to be Clinton Morrison. Clinton O Morrison, I think you'll find his goal. Clinton Morrison, <laughs> it's got to be one. He's got to be up there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's lots. Oh, man, there's lots. Um, like post-match interviews, 
with an Irish accent after an Ireland game, they're very hard to come by a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then um, they're all still moaning about Rice and Grealish not not playing yeah. for them, you know, as well. So yeah. stealth- I did. I really dislike Declan Rice. He's a brilliant I really player. Like him. I really a brilliant like Brilliant player, but I think he's a bit of a knob. I think he's the opposite. I think he's a really nice guy. Well, perhaps you just like. Um, I've never learned knobs. I've no <laughs> idea what he's like as a as a player. Maybe I do. Oh, I, don't, I don't know him. Just speculate. Say oh, something okay. like. Well, I didn't like that. He, I didn't like that he scored a goal against us, oh, which actually brilliant. was just quite speculative shot, is it? What, 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 what? Are we, we going to talk about the West Ham? Are we going to talk about the West Ham game? I can't remember. Did we say we were going to talk about the West Ham game? We're not going to talk about it much. I mean, I, what I would say there is, I thought Martinez was shit. But um, but he's, but let's move on to villain of the week, um, okay. if that's okay. Um, yeah, my villain of the week is Dean Smith. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, for one 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 very specific moment um, that I thought I mentioned earlier that he seemed to just attract pressure by making a, a wrong decision, in my opinion. And I was watching it in the pub with my mate, and when um, Ramsey. When down injured, you saw Ashley Young, um, Aaron Ramsey and uh, Carney warming up. And I jokingly said to my mate, watching bloody put Ashley Young on in midfield. And he did. And it was just, it felt like, that is clearly something. If you put Carney on or you put Aaron Ramsey on, I mean, more likely going to be Carney, considering he's already started a game this season. But you kind of, the fans would go, at least that's, that's seemingly a positive a positive decision. The actually young decision just seemed like it was someone who was fearful, and it, it felt like it was it was just a way to. He was just hoping that his experience was going to um, somehow pull us through. But he's not a central midfielder. Um, he doesn't have the legs anymore, and I actually think he was. I actually think he was a poor signing, or it, it, particularly if we're going to use him as much as we have done. So yeah, Dean Smith, but but I I'm not Smith out, and I probably won't be even if we lose to Southampton, depending on what happens. Um, but, that that, um, that sub had the all the all the hallmarks of uh, like an Alex McLeish or a it Paul did. Lambert sub, didn't it? Do you not think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. had mm-hmm. that had that feeling. It reminded me of a bit the the feeling it gave me that substitution. And I wasn't I'm not like I wasn't hugely critical of it at the time, and I'm still not massively critical of the time because I sort of understand it a little bit. But at the same time, I get your point around the positive, you know, a positive intent. It was a bit like when we, I remember when we played Newcastle under Lambert and they just signed Musa Sissoko, uh, uh, who we were after. And we played that sort of, we just suddenly out of nowhere went to 5 3 2. And we played like five defenders and two defensive midfielders and we ended up being camped in our own half. And it was like that kind of, that kind of uh, decision managers make when they're under pressure, which is sort uh, of yeah, like. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, I agree, I agree. Uh, but the options were not yeah. great. Given yeah. the injuries that we've we've had, uh, and you know, Carney is young and inexperienced, and I think he was trying to protect him. But as you say, that is a that's a defensive thing, and I would, I also think even if you're going to bring Young on, surely you move Wendier inside. I know he's been poor in the middle, and we've all been saying play him in his best position and and all of that. But in, in certain circumstances, needs must he, he he's more of a central midfielder than Ashley Young's ever going to be. Um, and uh, I, I would, I think we should have brought Carney on. And I also, I mentioned this to you guys earlier. The 
the worry for me is what that says to Chucklemaker. Yeah. Because he still hasn't signed a contract. There's all sorts of clubs in Europe who want to sign him. Like, would you stay with us if you could go to Dortmund when you've seen what's happened for Haaland and what's happened to Bellingham and those sorts of players that, that get to play, you know, if we're not even going to play him, um, then what's the point of having him on the bench? If you're going to have him on the bench as a central midfielder, then you have to say he's ready. If he's not ready, then don't, don't put him on the bench. And I know there's injuries and all that, but... Where's this come from? Ashley Young's a midfielder. I don't, I don't no, get it. I don't understand. Been, he's like, never played there. No. I don't understand. He's and not he, like James Milner, utility man. He's no. never... He plays on the wing or left back or right back. And, That's and, it. And actually, you can understand. Like, I, I remember we played in a 10 very briefly behind Carew at the beginning of his Villa career, but he's, he wasn't. He was playing like... He played, some, 10, he played 10 for Watford a bit as well, yeah, I think, before he signed. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's not it, the same as central midfield. As a 36-year-old um, yeah, exactly. conversion to left back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, was exactly just, yeah. it just felt ridiculous and it felt like the wrong decision at the time. And I'm not saying bringing Carney on would have won us the game. I'm not saying that at all, but it's about it's about the um it's about what it looks like and what what it looks like he's trying to do and it just it it looks very negative to me and um even bringing yeah. Keenan Davis on, you know. Yeah. I even mean, doing it, that would I have mean, been it would have fallen to pieces within 5 minutes. But, yeah, but I don't know. I don't no, know. It feels, know I, even right, I, even Archer, I yeah. don't understand. You know, it's, it's sort of. There's, there's, I think there was a there was a, a four or five options there. That it were probably, seemed like it was the worst option. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, four or five. It was the worst of of a really bad bunch of options. Yeah, there were good that. options. Yeah, there were good options. And with Carney, you know, I get. I've seen the rumors that you know he's obviously he's obviously come back from injury, so he's been injured. So it's, that, that, that's a factor there. Also, you know, I don't think he's been amazing when he's played, but at the same time, he's you know he's young and he's trying to get used to the pace of the Premier League and trying to go more more minutes. And he's played obviously he's only played one full game really and and a few cameo appearances. Uh, but also there was talk of you know his he's in the need to work on his defensive duties and his running back and all that kind of stuff. But if he's playing in the midfield three, then you know you just let him play further forward and let McGinn and Nakamba and you've got Nakamba there who's excellent defensively compared to Louise. So that's going to negate some of that need to run back. If we you saw that with ten men. Yeah. So if I, if I we hadn't have got rid of uh, or let um, Almo's contract um, expire and um, we hadn't brought in Ashley Young, would you put Almo in centre midfield? No, no. Like it just seems ran. It just seems weird. Like it, the more I think about it, the weirder it gets. And I do understand he was under pressure. And split second, he, he thought, "I've got Ashley Young. He's you could you could genuinely play Matty Cash in midfield. Well, I'd much rather that. And he's played there plenty of times. Matty Cash has played there. Yeah. So even Matt Target, I would think about ahead someone of someone with some legs at least. Well, maybe no leg Target. Yeah, no, no legs. No, but at least, leave, at least, leave Target. Leave at least he can pass, though. At least he's, you know, he's got some ability on the ball. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, yeah, as AJ said, there was there wasn't many good options. But yeah, I I, I agree with that. Yeah, and, and actually, yeah. villain villain of the week. It was also difficult because I could have just give it to like nine of the the players, and but I thought I just I thought you know, seeing seeing as though Dean Smith's on um on topic this week, I'll I'll give it to him. And I did say I was never going to give it to a player. But um, Dino did get Hero of the Week um, after a 3 0 defeat against uh, Chelsea um, a few yeah. weeks ago. So, you know, I owed him yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one other thing I'll just mention as well like we said, oh, yeah, he's under a lot of pressure and all of that. And yet we were in terms of the context of the the way the game was going. But at the time, we were only 1 0 down. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not like, you know. Yeah. Uh, we needed to be negative at that point in the game. Yes, they were outplaying us, clearly. 
but it was only one nil when when that substitution happened. So yeah, I, I, and they weren't outplaying us ridiculously as well. It was sort of you know one pot shot from 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 uh, from the edge of the area that sort of yeah nine times out of ten it doesn't go in. I if that uh, those was, those if... first two goals between them like together were worth worth less than 0.2 xg well, that's one crazy of them was the, down the, center the johnson of the goal, pretty much the johnson one was was pretty close to zero xg like it, it comes up as 0.0 like it's impossible for a shot to be zero but it, to one decimal place it was effectively zero xg that's crazy yeah I, mean, I suppose you can't legislate for that as well can you a bit like the Southampton game last season where they just scored every shot they hit. But I mean, you could you could ask your goalkeeper to do better, but you know. That's, yeah, that's... That, that's, that was going to be my next point. I think, um, you know, we haven't really talked about it. Obviously, our defence has been poor this season and, and there'd be a number of factors. Martinez hasn't been well, at his best. Well, but there's, a lot, there's, there's a lot going on there, isn't there, in terms of his father and all that kind of stuff as well, travelling. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, and he's had, a you know, again, mitigating services. He's been circumstances. He's been back and forth to... Um, uh, to Argentina a lot and all of that. Oh my, he's about to tell us that he's got some stats. Oh, no, I know, yeah. I've got yeah. some stats. Yeah, yeah. Look how excited he is. Look stats. how excited he is. <laughs> if you look at last season, our open play XG against, it was 0.98 per game and we were ranked 11th. This season so far, it's 0.97 per game and we're ranked 11th. So actually, in terms of open play, our, we're not conceding better quality chances than we did last season and when you think also actually another thing we haven't talked about in the 10 games that we've played so far only three have been against teams in the bottom half so we have had a pretty tough run of fixtures if you look at set pieces it's actually gone up a little bit so we're a bit worse uh defending set pieces so austin mcfee might want to have a look at himself although we are slightly better in terms of generated xg um as well um so that that has gone up a little bit but actually in terms of the quality of the chances we've conceded it hasn't been worse this season than it was last season, although it might appear so. Um, we've actually uh, conceded 18 goals from only 13.1 XG. So we are five goals worse off than you would expect us to be given the, champ- the, the chances we've, we've given up. Now, obviously, last, last season, at the end of the season, across the whole season, we talked a lot about Martinez and how he was, you know, saving us a goal every four games or whatever. We ended up seven goals better off uh, than we would expect to be across the whole the whole season. Um, and if you look at the that measure of post shot expected goals that we talked about last year and what that means for keepers, we're minus four on that. So of the five goals, four of them you would say you could probably attribute to goalkeeping errors. Errors. Now, 1.2 of that is Jed Steer, and he only played one game. So, um, uh, Jed has a fair bit to answer for <laughs> statistically. But Martinez is currently getting on for three goals worse off than you would expect us to be, which, considering where we were last season, is a massive swing. What was, ex- what was West Ham's XG? Um, I don't know if you put it on the WhatsApp group. Do you remember what it was? Uh, hang on. It was over two, but it no. wasn't massive. Okay. Um, 2.3. To, oh. to our 0.7 okay. so um, so that you know it wasn't a 4-1 but they should have tap, easily won the game a in the back of the net was going to lift that up though right after um, oh, yeah, the shot yeah. Yeah. well their, their, their third and fourth goals were would both have been high yeah. well as I said the first two were worth 0.2 so 2.1 of that 2.3 is uh, a lot of that is coming from those second two goals the third and fourth goal I should say 
Um, so yeah, actually, I mean, there there are specific defensive errors that we've made, and we could all point to them, um, uh, uh, and we've discussed them a lot on the on the pod. So I'm not saying we've been brilliant defensively, but actually, in terms of the quality of the chances we've given up, um, they they haven't been any worse than last season. And for um, all we talked about, Martinez being a benefit to us and actually saving us goals last season he's so far this season been on the other side of the fence um and that's a bit of a that's a bit of a worry the big yeah. difference versus last season is the creativity the chances of you know yeah. really dropped off the creative xg has really fallen off a cliff. Well, hopefully, 30, hopefully, hopefully that, percent down yeah hopefully that improves now with Bendy and bailey now both being the side yeah that's not something we've seen really uh, obviously didn't work didn't work against West Ham but Bundia just set up Watkins' chance and then you know obviously Conda gets sent off so we didn't really get a chance to see them in full action together so um, let's look I suppose that's a good 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 uh, point to uh, move on to the Southampton game and, and sort of just have a quick preview of that as well just before we do can I just uh, talking about our lack of creativity yeah guess go who's it. got guess who's got the highest expected assists for us so far this season oh god uh God, who's going to be? Bailey. Uh, no. no. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Bailey. He hasn't played uh, enough games. Wendia. Louise. Louise. McGinn. Matt. Uh, Matt Target. Oh. Matt Target, really? Matt Target. That's really? how poor we've, that's when how did poor that, we've been. When did those we've spent happen? The whole, we spent the whole pod talking about how poor our wingbacks crossing are is, and uh, Matt Target's got the, the highest expected assists so far. Um, on a per 90 basis Buendia is tied with him to be fair um, but uh, yeah we just and we're just not like our highest shot creating actions have come from McGinn and Louise with about three each and for context Grealish uh, was creating six shots per game last season if you add up Bailey Ings and Buendia it adds up to over six but obviously there we go. we've done it we've done it we replaced them we've done it they're taking up three spots so uh, it's, uh, yeah that's we always knew that was going to be the challenge uh, and it has been, uh, you know, uh, non, our non-penalty XG, our open play XG is 0. 0.6 this season and it was 0. 0.9 last season. So that's that's the issue. We're just not creating chances for us to score. Can I just say, one thing that I wanted to bring up, um, is anyone bored of Matty Cash's long throws yet? And also, why did we let yeah. Bailey take some when he couldn't even reach the edge of the 18-yard box? What was that? Oh, I couldn't believe it's it. like they didn't even ask so the question bad. to Bailey. Can you throw it long? They just went, go on, have a go. Have a go at your first go. I don't... Maybe tick the box. I don't mind the long throws, but I don't think we need to do it every single time we've got a throw but in that Can I share a little rumour that I heard? And this is obvious, not obviously bullshit, oh, but here it's, we it's, go. It's, it's in all here probability bullshit. Where did, where did you hear it? Uh, on WhatsApp by a friend who, who heard, okay. heard it from someone else. But um, yeah, not a liberty to apparently, say. Apparently, uh, just as I'm about to say, it sounds like bullshit. But um, <laughs> Tyro Mings refuses to head the ball in training. Oh, what? Because of dementia? Well, I don't know the exact rule. That's what I thought, and um, that's what I guessed. And actually, if you watch him try and head the ball in 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 a match. <laughs> It just becomes more believable, but but yeah, as I say, it's probably bollocks. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't probably be spreading that on a uh, podcast, but um, there you go. I've just done it. Um, well, I suppose we created our best chance from a throw, didn't we, against uh, West Ham second half when uh, Watkins hit the hit should the have bar, scored. I mean, I know he, has, he likes yeah. to hit the woodwork, doesn't he? But he should have scored, really. 
Yeah, he should have scored. Should have scored. It was a good save though. Yeah, he got something on it, didn't he? In fairness, got something on it. Yeah. Right, let's move on quick. Well, Southampton game. Shall we? Have we got anything to say about the Southampton game? Obviously, we're uh, new. Well, I suppose because we're doing the pod so late, we actually know the injury news. So it looks like uh, Louise is out, Truore's out, and who else was well, out? Conter's out, obviously. Conter's out, obviously suspended. Uh, JJ and Sanson are back training, Ooh. so they'll be in contention. Um, so Sans- I think Sanson surely can't start though because he has he hasn't had enough games. Sanson, not a doubt. Can't start. No, yeah, and also is, is he fancied? Well, uh, to be fair, sure, you'd hope he'd come on ahead of Ashley Young in. Uh, no, Ashley Young, Ashley Young will start. Sanson will be on the bench with Chukwuemeka. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope, I really hope we play through Nakamba, McGinn, and, and JJ. To be honest, I think that was probably a good, a good enough midfield three to compete against Southampton. Um, there's a lot of noise going on there in the background, Sam. There's some I, screaming. We did Everyone say right? he worked in a prison, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we've told the, we told the listeners that you work, you're a prison ward. Someone's just put three snooker balls in a sock. I better get down. There. <laughs> um, right. This uh, should we talk about Southampton game or should we just do the uh, the trivia? Ask bit? AJ if he's done those talk- stats first. No, got any, um, uh, we'll skip over him. I think. Right. Uh, All right. Well, we've done the stats. One stat that I like. Get, one get... stat that I like that I've come up with. Um, it's guaranteed that Danny Ings won't score against us. Um, so yeah. that's, that's that's a positive. Do you want to do the goal scorers of the game? I've got so, I've got the goal yeah. scorers. Go on, so go on, you want to do go that? On, go on. Right. So, well, who do you think is the top goal scorer in the fixture in the Premier Matt League? Matt Letizia. Yes, he is. Yeah, Letizia. He always used to score against yeah. us, didn't he? Yeah, always. Usually, it feels like he scored about four of those free kicks where they flick it up and he just follows yeah, it in the top he, um, corner against us. I remember, he, I, I remember, he probably not true, but I remember he scored a hat-trick of free kicks against us. It was probably just the one on a replay, but uh, I remember... Yeah. I remember um, three... Um, three of them going in in one game. Um, there's, two, there's two players on five who are in second place. So Letitia's got eight. There's two on five. One Villa, one Villa and one Southampton. Yeah, Dublin is one. Yeah, Dublin's got five. Inks. One Southampton, no, Southampton player. Uh, Ings isn't in there. Ings was on three. Yeah. Yes, Beattie. James Beattie. Uh, James Beattie. I think we're probably we're going to sign him in the summer. Yeah, right? yeah. We're due to sign. We're not allowed and to talk so, about it. Not to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be tapping up players. Okay. Uh, and then there's uh, three. There's three players on four. One Villa player and two Southampton didn't players. We have so one who's very good. Against, uh, Southampton. So it's probably him. Yeah, Dublin. Um, uh, Kevin Davis. No. Marion Farhas. The Park. two Southampton players are more recent. Oh, right. Da- but Danny Fucking Ings. Fucking no? Shane Long, no, probably. Ings is on three. Shane Long. Long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, four goals from but Shane Long. scored six Premier League Sa- goals. Then Sadio, <laughs> Sadio Mane scored a few. Mane got a hat yeah. yeah, Mane's there. And then a, yeah. Villa, and then a Villa player. Uh, oh, well. Uh, Vassal. Carving. Vassal, yeah. Oh, Carl Cole scored his, I think, his two only goals yeah. against them. Yeah. I was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was there. Home, so, yeah, home game. Yeah. I was quite surprised that they've beaten us more than we've beaten them in the Premier League era. We've who hasn't, AJ? Who bloody hasn't? Everybody seems. We don't use the Premier League when we do this. That's the, what is it in total? We're beating, We're yeah? slightly ahead overall. 29-28, though, so they could equalise tomorrow. Massive, massive win. Yeah. Oh, let's get your let's get your let's get your predictions then ahead of the game. God, who do you want to go first? I'll, I'll go then. Um, go I on. think we're going to lose three nil. Oh, I oh. surely curtains for. Dean, I think three nil and curtains for Dean. Yeah. Crikey, AJ, I've got. I've genuinely, I don't know. 
genuinely do not know. Carl, you go. Oh, I don't know, but I'm going to... <laughs> I know. Um, I will yeah. <laughs> like get, right. we'll get some <laughs> just <laughs> reflecting for a minute. 27 nil Vela. Yeah. Yes. Do back. Know back in it, and we fucking go on a run of 10 games on beta again. Come yes. on. Get promoted. I haven't, yeah. I've, just on, I've just said that now. I haven't come up with a goal scorer. So if you ask me, it's Watkins 27. Yeah, Carl, I needed I needed that, mate. Thank I you. That yeah, this week. That I think we all needed, needed it. I think we're going to lose as well, but um... I should have. Fuck's sake, AJ! After all that, yeah, seriously, AJ. But I don't think After it. I don't think it will be the hammering that Sam says it is. Although, as we've established on the pod uh, today, his foresight is much better than mine. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll be accurate, uh, and I won't. I think a two-one, uh, and I think that will be enough that Dino doesn't get the boot. Um, but we shall see. Yeah, let's let's hope I, I, Bruce I think... Forsyth isn't um, isn't right this time. What do you think? Oh, I, hope, I, I hope I'm not right. I hope I'm not right, but I suspect <laughs> I will be. Yeah. You're going to be I, more I, right I, than I, me, I'd imagine. I think we're going to win. I generally do. I think it's it's one of those games where everything's against us. We're in a bad run of form. Players injured, and I just think. You turn up at Southampton. They're not a great side at all. Let's not forget that. We haven't really talked about them at all, but they're not a great side. And I just I just got a feeling I think we're gonna pull it out of the bag. I think I think Dino has a habit of getting wins when he needs to. And I think he's gonna do it. So I'm gonna go two one to the villa. All right. Right. Let's uh let's let's finish off then. Uh Sam. It's time for from the oh no I was going to say from the stands of Villa Park. No, it's not. No. We've done that. We well, haven't really really. We didn't that. really. It's, we didn't really. It's Villa Vault. So I was um, I went to Southampton University. So uh, I've I've chosen a, a, a game from when I was living there, probably at, at no more than the five minute walk away from the ground. Um, so this met. is pre pre still Premier the, League. Still the Dell. Yeah. Still the Dell, mate. <laughs> still yeah. the, uh, well, actually, it was just before the. It was one of the last seasons of the Dell. Actually, they built St Mary's while I was there, and it was uh, ready in my third year. So we're going back to the the kind of last the. the, the the kind of dying embers of the of their time at the Dell, all right. And uh, so we're we're talking about the fourteenth of November, nineteen ninety eight. That's all right. Who do you think won? Nineteen ninety eight. Oh, we were. I reckon we were all right then. We, was this where we were we playing on the? I'm trying to think what kit we were playing in at the time. Would it be Angal? It was before Angal's time, wasn't it? Uh, well, we I think we signed Angal the season following. Season following, so it would have been Dublin. This yeah. is a Dublin hat trick. Oh, Dublin you got it. Game. You got it. What was the score? Uh, God. 4 0. 4 2. 4 2, was it? 4 1. 4 1. See, you, get, you gave hat trick. You accidentally gave us a clue earlier with that one, mate. I did. I yeah. know. Dublin hat trick. Who got the other one? Vassal. Vassal, yeah. No. <clears throat> uh, God. Uh, Paul Merson. Merce, yeah. Mm, magic, and man. Who scored for them? Of it, I think we you've, we should know this Matt one. Letizia? Letizia. Matt Letizia. Letizia scored. Yeah, we were. Uh, I mean, we we went one nil up. They equalised, and then we just blew them away with four uh, late goals. Okay, so um, thinking about the lineups, then uh, let's start off. Who do you think was in goal for us? 
Oh God, night ninety eight. Uh, David James. Nope. Before him. Michael Oakes. Oakes. Yeah. Yeah. Oakes in goal. Um, quite, quite a strange lineup here. Um, okay, give me give what what defenders do you think played? Safe guy. Yeah. Yep. You go. You go. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Birthday this week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary Charles. No. Nope. Are we playing for it at the back? Um, I think we are playing three five two. S- yeah. Steve Watt. Steve Watson. Steve Watson was wing back. Yep. Yeah. Alan Wright. Alan Wright was wing back. Yep. Yeah. Oh uh, God! Who else midfield? Uh, no. So we're looking for another centre back. We had Southgate, Barry. Barry, what uh, a legend. Yeah. Who would have been seventeen at the time. Uh, midfield, obviously you've mentioned Merce. Who else? Was Leandro, Hendry, Hendry, legend. Taylor, Ian Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Okay, and two up front. That's all Dublin. No. Oh, Dublin. Can I just highlight you said Vassal then, which you did I know, I know, I know, just the other week. Can you edit that for me, Just to call that, just to call that out. Uh, sorry, what was that? Dublin Age. and who? Or did we not get it? Well, we haven't got it yet. Joe oh. Chim. Did not Joe Chim. Luke. No, Joe Chim came on a sub. Stanley Victor. Colin Moore. Stanley yeah. Victor, ah. Colin Moore. Yeah. Draper and Joe Chim came on as uh, see, like, a sub. When you think about our midfield issues at the moment, it seems mad that you could play a midfield with Merson and Hendry in it. Yeah. Like, not, not get completely not get overrun. I know Ian Taylor's, you know, obviously going to put a shift in for you there, but still. Yeah. It's not like he's a, like, dis- disciplined holding player. He was, like, old-school box-to-box man, break- late runs into yeah. the box. I'd take that, that midfield tomorrow. I tell you, I'm just looking at their squad, lads, their team, and it's unbelievable that we only scored four <laughs> goals. Um, let's have a... Right, who was in goal for them? I couldn't tell you, honestly. Uh, not an easy one. No idea. Welsh uh, International, I'll give you that. Welsh International? You know. S- someone Jones. <laughs> yes, Paul, Paul Jones. Well done, Yes. Honestly, honestly, just name some drops. Races and wins, finally. Races and wins. Just, just name some players that you can remember playing for Saints back in the day. Oh, that's 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 in there. Pies. No, Pahars didn't play. Uh, Lundic did Benny play for them? Uh, Lundic Ram's in there. Yeah, Benali. Correct. Benali, correct. Letizia. Uh, Letizia yes. played, yeah. Mon- Moncow. Moncow, you're good at this. Oh, it's like uh, a game of Colbert House, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, uh, he, was, he would have been uh, up front for him. Ah. Uh, Oh, who was the who's the striker? Ian Dowie. Uh, no, He's Norwegian, Norwegian striker. Oh, I- Eagle Ostenstad. Ostenstad, yeah, correct. Uh, um, couple of English crap wingers that played the kind of journeyman. God, I don't know. And then Jason, a, and then a holding midfielder who's, who did one of the best quickly Kevin podcasts I've ever listened to. It's not really a clue if you haven't listened know. to Quickly Kevin, that is I it? don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is. I, Kevin is, I know yeah. I shouldn't talk about other podcasts, but Quickly Kevin, no, one go of the best ones out there. Uh, uh, it's a 90s, uh, 90s football podcast. Did I'm trying to think which wingers uh, played for Southampton. Stuart Ripley. Yeah, you you're, brilli- you're brilliant at this, I mean, Solarco didn't Stuart play Ripley. for them, did he, or did he? No, mm. well, not, not J- this game. J- uh, Jason Wilcox, did he play for them? No, uh, you won't get it. Matt Oakley. No idea that is. No idea. And, so the, and then another one that I don't did he think... Play, did, did Matt Oakley play for Barnsley? Is that I think he one? did, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Mate, you might be getting confused with Oakley. Yeah, I was just thinking. Um, Oakley, I think. Yeah, the, maybe. The defender you won't get, Scott Hiley. 
No. No idea. And the holding midfielder was Carl. Oh, okay. Oh. oh, did he? Did he play for Southampton? I didn't. Yeah, yeah he did. Except that. Oh, and that um, we, we they brought on at one stage. They brought on James Beattie, and uh, they also brought on uh, Andy Williams at centre half. And uh, you know, if he thought it was too good to be true, they'd get a win. <laughs> It was. Hey. Sorry about that. Hey. Sorry, about that Sorry about that one, lads. Right, good. Excellent. I enjoyed that. You Thank did you. well there, Omar, mate. You definitely won that round. Yeah. Right, so you're, you're 98, was, 98 was my peak. Of I got Matt Letizia. Yeah, I had, had all the, 98 had all the stickers. That was it. If you had all the stickers, you knew all the players. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I had loads of Southampton players. Loads of swaps. Loads of swaps. Loads of shit swaps. <laughs> Um, great, cool. Thanks, boys. All the best. I enjoyed Cheers. that. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, yeah. All good. Thank you for that, Sam. That was uh, good as ever. A uh, bit of a different pod this time. I think it was just a chance for all of us to get our thoughts off our chests and uh, just vent, really. Uh, so I, I thoroughly enjoy that. So thank you, boys, for your time. Thank you for everyone for listening. Um, sorry again. It's been uh, a couple of weeks since we last recorded. It'll be a bit like this for the next few weeks or next few months, I think. So uh, bear with us until we get back to our normal, regular podcasts. But I uh, hope you enjoyed it, nevertheless, and uh, hope those travelling to the game tomorrow uh, get there safely and enjoy the game. And uh, let's hope we win. Sam's currently giving us a tour of his uh, prison, uh, <laughs> walking around. Uh, I mean, this this will sound this would look so this would be so much better if you could actually see yeah. what he was doing. So just to pre- just appreciate what he's Don't doing. Don't shank him, uh, But before before we leave, just a reminder: our pod is sponsored by MeBay Digital, local Birmingham-based company. Uh, please check them out for your digital web marketing needs. But thanks, boys. Take care. Cheers, Villa. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.